Hello, everybody. This is Greg Schleter. Welcome to another episode of Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. So I'm with my buddy, Bill Noltner here, and he shared with me a story of a dear friend of, of his named Christopher Liberati. Hopefully I got that name right. Bill, give us a snapshot of your friend, because what we're going to do is, in a very raw way, we're going to call him out of the blue and put him on the spot and see if he's willing to share his story with us. So share with us a little bit of the snapshot. Well, uh, Christopher and I were um, boyhood friends. Uh, we grew up, uh, we met each other probably uh, when I was in about sixth grade. And uh, we were uh, basically your your Mark Twain, you know. <laughs> I love that image. Uh, so you were Huck we Finn, were, and he was Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer, yeah, exactly. I mean, one of those was, you know, something along those lines. We had uh, many, many adventures that would make the modern parent cringe. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, um, and uh, Christopher and I were great friends growing up. He ended up moving to a different school when I was uh, when we were, he was probably somewhere in high school. I can't remember whereabouts, but um, he uh, so we kind of got a little bit separated then and then. Uh, but we've always we always remained really good friends. Um, and um, then uh, as adults, uh, he was in he was in my my wedding. But then as adults, there was a pretty large gap of time when we really hadn't been able to see each other or for whatever reason we just never really connected. Um, and then until just recently, um, uh, maybe within the last couple of years, we started communicating um, by uh, text and telephone. And um, he was telling me a, a little bit about his life. And, and his, his story is just truly mm. uh, a story of what could have been tragedy become um, an unbelievable, inspiring tr- story of triumph, mm. of uh, conversion and faith. And um, and really, just somebody who now to me is one of the most inspiring people I know. And um, I would love to give him a call and see if we could get him on the line to have him share his story because it really is truly, it is indeed inspiring. I so, love it. I love it, Bill. Let's thank give, you. We should give it a try. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's do it, folks. You are tuned into Ignite Radio Live over this special Holy Week. And we're going to be raw. We're just going to go off-roading here. Bill, why don't you take the lead and uh, call him up here? Okay, will do. Hey, hello, Bill. How are you? <laughs> good, Christopher. How you doing, man? Good, good. Good, good. Hey, uh, I know I just texted you. You're probably wondering what's going on, but uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You're actually live on the radio. Yes. Yeah. What? How you feel about that? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, my friend, I, 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 uh, which, I'm, I'm kind of glad I answered. I, I'm kind of glad I have caller ID and, and was able to... Uh, uh, see, it was you and answered the call then, I guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. It's not just somebody trying to extend your warranty. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was telling uh, Greg about your story. And um, I just, uh, you know, as you know, I'm just uh, so um, amazed by it and inspired by it. And I was just uh, hoping that maybe you would consider uh, sharing it with the wider audience of Greg's uh, radio program. I I know it's his, uh, 
like I said, I know it's on the spot, but mm. it's just definitely a story worth hearing. So, so Bill, let me just introduce myself briefly. Um, my wife, Stephanie, and I are hosts of this radio program, Ignite Radio Live, been going on a weekly basis now for five years. So uh, I'm really grateful for you uh, having the courage to lean into this. And I'm just going to kind of let Bill, you, you uh, he introduced you guys, Christopher, a little bit as kind of a Mark Twain novel as a Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer's children and uh, kind of having a journey. So I'm going to back away a little bit and just maybe periodically interject and just let you dive in and share with us your life story. I'm so grateful that you picked up, though. Oh, glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Where, did, where, where do I start? Well, Christopher, I, if I may, I think it's always good to start at the beginning. <laughs> uh, maybe tell us a little bit about where you came from, a little bit about your beginning story, you know, how you grew up and, and you know, your mom and the story about your mom and, and all that kind of thing, maybe just in brief. Sure, sure. I, I will try to give you uh, uh, the cliff notes with uh, a little bit of meat. Um, I, I was born in Bay Village, Ohio. Um, my mom was um, in her first marriage uh, to somebody, to my biological father, um, who didn't accept me right from the get-go. Uh, matter of fact, I think uh, there was a scuffle around her pregnancy around the six month time, time frame where he tried to uh, physically induce a miscarriage mm. and um, he was not present at, at my birth and uh, left my mom uh, shortly thereafter um, for another woman. And uh, so I kind of grew up uh, um, early on without a father, although uh, my mom did, remarry a second time um, but that turned out to be um, a rather abusive uh, relationship and I, I can remember that we had to leave uh, in the middle of the night under the cover of darkness wow. to leave in safety um, and so you know it wasn't until seventh eighth and ninth grade that I would actually attended um, a school uh, for more than one year. And seventh grade is where, you know, you and I met, met Bill. And, right. um, mm -hmm. it, it just it, like we, I think for, for at least two years, um, we were joined at the hip. We, we <laughs> yeah. and one of the things that I can remember, um, is, uh, uh, you you had such a, a close family unit. I can remember uh, going to going to church, going to your family church um, with you guys occasionally. And you know, I didn't. I don't really recall any messages or that were proclaimed or anything special, other than what I saw and experienced was the unit of love that you all had. Mm. Um, and by that time, my mom had married us uh, for a third time. And, and it was a very uh, challenging time for me. Uh, prior to that, I had kind of been the, the man of the family. And then my stepdad at the time um, moved in and kind of took that role. And by the grace of God, he didn't strangle me. Uh, <laughs> and I say that because... You know, I say I say that in in just because um, I really tried his patience. Mm -hmm. uh, I was <laughs> I was rebellious. I was uh, not having him as a dad, and and it would uh, it would take um, you know me as an adult to realize come to the realization that he really had been the father that I had been longing for. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, when I got out of the army and got called back for 
the Gulf War, um, I realized that in that moment, there was a good potential that I would have to give my life for for this country. Mm. And I wanted to give my life as a Liberati as opposed to uh, Leonard. And um, and so I approached him and, and asked him if the adoption was was still a, an option. And, and uh, he said, absolutely. And it was a powerful moment where, wow. you know, I was I um, we went in front of the judge and and um, as an adult, I, I proclaimed my adoption and embraced it and never looked back. And and uh, and so. Uh, you know, that's kind of the backstory. There was a lot of, there was a lot of pain and um, frustration. Uh, I had always been um, pursuing my uh, relationship with my biological father. And there were um, time after time after time where he would really disown me and not want have want to have anything to do with me. He would, he loved to play psychological warfare, mm. um, and, uh, degrade me in public. It, it was really, you know, I think there's a longing in all of us to, to hear three things from our earthly fathers. I love you. I'm proud of you. And I see that you are good at whatever that might be. Repeat that. And, that is so good. And I think we need to hear that. Go ahead, Christopher. Three yeah, things yeah. we all need to hear from our fathers that that I love you, I'm proud of you, and you are good at whatever it is. You know, and that's and that's what Jesus hears when he comes out of the water. This is my son, this is my beloved, and listen to him because he's 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 really good at what he does, right? <laughs> uh, so there's a biblical prem- premise of that. Uh, so yeah. if that is our core longing and and I struggled with not receiving that, um, you know, there, there was a hole in my heart that I really wanted to fill. And, you know, as you can imagine, uh, the world, the world really provides all kinds of stuff to try to fill that hole. Mm -hmm. And inevitably it never works, but, you know, um, material things, drugs, alcohol, sex, uh, you name it. It's those things that we try to take on that can mask the pain of what is missing. And uh, and and that's what I did. Let me pause you a second, Christopher, just for context for our audience. I presume that since my brother Bill here and I were born in the same month and year, October of 67, that you're roughly 52, 53. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. I was born in September of 67. All right. Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> Anyways, just for our audience then, we're, we're talking really uh, being born in the late 60s and into the 70s at a time where we saw incredible social dissolution, where you could, uh, in those days, it's hard. We were talking about this with my family the other day, that we presumed when we were kids that most couples were married, most went to church, and regardless of the church, most generally had similar values had similar appreciation, virtue, a love of country, some ethics there. I'm not saying there weren't aberrations, they existed, but that that was starting to unravel, and that was an incredible tumult that today it's been almost completely lost, but it was happening at that time, which presented a particular kind of anguish, I think, among many of us. And you're, I'm saying this to state that you're in the epicenter of this. You're in the epicenter of a broken family and experiencing these, these identity questions, particularly connected to a father, all the more exacerbated by the natural human thing of trying to fill this appetite of ours with junk that the world is offering us. I'm sorry, continue. 
No, no, that's a that, that's a great point that you make, Greg. Um, and it's so true because uh, my mother uh, grew up in a Catholic family, um, and I won't go into details, but there was there was some hurt that she experienced that that drove her away from from uh, from the church and mm-hmm. from and from God. Um, and the same thing that happened with my dad who adopted me, um, he was, he was an altar boy, uh, in Philadelphia and I, I, he's never talked about it, but like he really has, uh, has been hurt by the church and mm-hmm. hurt by, hurt by God. And, um, for both of them, I, I tried to tell him, I said, you know, it, it's taken me a long time to figure this out, but anytime somebody says, I don't believe in God, you know, or I don't believe in the church, I always, uh, respond with the question, well, tell me about the God that you don't believe in, or tell tell me about the church that you don't believe in, because I, I probably don't believe in that God or that church either, hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. the hurts are usually caused by, by human and not God. So well put. In in the epicenter of of that fragmentation, um, I I was left to try to discover, you know, the wholeness found in Christ Mm -hmm. on my own. And I I didn't even know that that was what I was searching for Mm -hmm. uh, because it was just, it it just wasn't, there wasn't a blueprint or a foundation laid for me. As I got out of the Army and and started a business um, in construction, I uh, found myself um, really trying to fill that that hole in my heart, that void that was missing, that that just sense of not being complete. Um, and in my business, it was very very easy to uh, buy material things uh, and justify it for growing the business, whether it was uh, new equipment or new. Um, uh, tools, you name it. And, uh, and I, I just think, oh my gosh, uh, the money I, uh, the money I've spent on, on material things, I could probably fund several orphanages around the world. Right. Um, and then, you know, the material things didn't, didn't do anything, uh, for me. Um, so, and there was this deep, deep pain that I had for, for not having um, that relationship, that proper relationship uh, with with a father, and and so um, you know that led me down a road of alcoholism. Are we talking twenties, Christopher? And when you were in your twenties, probably late, mid to late twenties. Okay, so out of the military, uh, adopted, um, asking some some deep questions, experiencing that, married. Yeah, so uh, a little sidebar here. Remember what I had admired about Bill and his family—that um, that that family unit going to church. Uh, it's one of the things that it was that I was drawn to in my wife. Uh, she grew up in a, a, a Hispanic Catholic uh, family, and boy, there was something about that entire family that that was drawing me to them. And I, and I just couldn't figure it out, but I mm. knew I wanted to be a part of it. And so, um, by the grace of God, you know, uh, my wife, uh, asked me out and, and you know, I jumped at the chance and, <laughs> and the rest, uh, the rest <laughs> of the history, right. I'm, we're, we're, uh, we're going to celebrate 30 years of marriage. Congratulations. Uh, it's beautiful. So this, this is awesome. So getting back, um, to, trying to numb that pain, you know, materialism didn't work. 
Um, so I turned to alcohol and then I also turned to uh, um, drug use too, because mm -hmm. the pain was just so staggering. Um, and, and there was an underlying um, desire that I need, that I wanted to pursue. And that underlying desire was to, to have a family of my own so that I could be the father that I had that I had missed out on, right? This is where we're going to get into the probably the heart of the story. In fall of 2004, kind of an oxymoron, I, I built my business up to where um, I was I was pretty successful. I didn't need to advertise. And I had uh, that fall, I, I had sold uh, a custom patio um, for $32,000. And I remember... Uh, signing the contract and walking away with a deposit check of sixteen thousand, and I and I was so excited. I mean, I that was that was the most intense feeling that I had ever had or had ever experienced, um, and that lasted for about fifteen minutes. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, a panic attack happened, and I was like okay, I've sold this thing. Now I've got to build it. Mm. And, uh, and so, um, we got 32, uh, pallets of material delivered and then all of a sudden, and this, this is the fall. And then all of a sudden, uh, like the weather just turned south. It, it just, it just, it started raining. And it was one of those winters where, um, it was, it would freeze and thaw and rain and sleet, and but it wouldn't stay consistent. And um, as as I'm as I'm doing patio work, you know, you really need some type of uh, some type of consistency in weather to be able to you know do do work well. And so, you know, we're now transitioning into January, February. Um, and by then I had fallen into a deep de depression because I essentially ran out of money and I had utilized every credit card check um, I had. Every line of credit was tapped out to the max. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I was sitting on a half a million dollars worth of debt mm. and I saw no way out. Um, I was trying to, I was really trying to um, think how in the world am I going to take care of my wife? How in the world am I going to take care of my uh, employees? Um, and I, and I just, and on top of that, we had experienced like 27 days in a row of rain, of just constant rain. Mm. And um, I had developed uh um, a sinus infection as well. So there was about two weeks that I was flat on my back. You're just getting hit left I, and right by everything. Left and right by, by everything. And, you know, um, I think the, the darkness that started to, uh, close in on me, um, was, was really, uh, more than I could handle. And, um, I remember, <clears throat> um, thinking, oh my goodness, 
uh, I had I had no hope. I, I had, you know, we had been married by then like 14 years and uh, we had not been successful in trying to have children. Um, I, I always say, you know, we didn't have any luck uh, because I didn't know what the gifts of God were. Um, so, you know, I, I really, I really thought, you know, there's no way out. And then it hit me. There is one way out. There's one way out. I had a life insurance policy, mm. half a million dollar life insurance. Policy. We got George Bailey. It's a wonderful life story playing out here. Yeah. Yeah. And, what I was saying. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I thought I, I never, I never connected with my bi- biological father. Um, I, I, I don't have any kids. Um, I have a I have a wife who is probably miserable at, at the choices that I've made. Mm. Um, I have employees that will get work elsewhere. Um, I really had no reason uh, not to cash in that policy. That night, um, I remember my wife. <laughs> God love her. She was she was sitting on on the bed reading her Bible and. Um, and I, you know, I sat at the edge of the bed and, and I'm just taking my socks and shoes off. And I looked over and I said, I don't know why you waste your time reading that thing. Hmm. And she simply closed it up and she, and she put it on her nightstand. And she goes, you know, if you would just give your life to God, he's got amazing things ahead hmm. of you for, for you, plan for you. And I said, uh, yeah, okay. She turned the light off and went right to sleep. And later, I later found out that she wasn't asleep. She was praying for me. Mm. Uh, but that night I was, I was, uh, tossing and turning. And so I got out of bed and I went to the fridge and, and, uh, I had one beer and one joint left to my name. That was to me, that was my worldly possessions right there. So, um, I drank my beer and smoked my joint put on my car hearts, my coveralls. And, uh, now this is February. So I walked out of the house behind and behind our house, we had a, uh, had a Creek and that Creek was normally about 20, 25 feet wide, probably, you know, anywhere from a foot to three feet deep. But because of the torrential rain that we had had for so long, um, it was now a hundred yards wide wow. and we had like a county, county uh, engineered bridge that went over it. Um, but it was a private bridge and, and uh, the water was all the way up to the bottom of the bridge. And so, which made it about 10 feet deep, Wow, um, 10 feet deep, hundred yards wide. And I thought that this is how I do it. This is how I do it. I, uh, I will, accidentally fall in and it'll be you know people will think that i was just checking the security of the of the bridge and um i so i walked down i was content with my decision um i had i had nothing left to live for so i walked down to the bridge let me let me pause you a second um christopher just to take a moment and not go too quickly through it because many have experienced this moment of darkness. 
where uh, any 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 light, any flicker of light that they've ever had in their life seems extinguished. And their mind and their heart is focused on one solution, and that's to end your life. I don't know if there's anything more you can add to that experience or that darkness. Um, you know, obviously, we get the circumstances, and people have had, as we said, tumultuous seas and difficulties. But this is something more than that. This is not just the seas. This is the way you're looking at them. This is an absence of the value of your life and feeling an extraordinary weight. Is there anything else you can do to kind of connect with anybody who's in that place by your recall? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And I'm so glad you asked that because uh, <clears throat> um, well, I'm getting goosebumps here. So uh, let me kind of explain or answer that question by saying this. Um, in my mind, you know, I, I had rationalized this and actually justified it by saying this. People are going to be better off without me because I am in so much pain myself. Mm. I must be causing pain to others. Mm. And so if I can just take myself out of the situation by doing that, they will experience joy. Mm. Right. And, um, you know, and that is such, that is such a lie. Um, having, having been in, um, the role I've been in for the last 10 years, which I'll get to in a, in a few minutes. Um, I have, I have been walked with families through, um, through suicides and all that I was thinking and justifying in my mind is so not true. It's mm -hmm. the opposite. Like when, when we take our lives uh, and think that we don't value and, and think that we are going to be uh, relieve the pain of others and, and bring joy to others by, by just not being around. Uh, it, it's just, it's a lie. And, mm. and it's so not true because when we're in that space, we just don't understand um, the amount of pain uh, our absence is, is going to cause. When we're in that space, we're living in a pain, and but we don't know how to appreciate the love that surrounds us and, and longs for us to come out of that pain. And I just think that's part of, you know, Satan's mm -hmm. uh, tool and his tool belt. He, he just loves uh, um, messing with us and, and devaluing us and, and uh, you know, telling us that we that the world will be better off without us. And, it, and it's just so not true. Thank you, you for know? that. I just think for anybody right now who has any semblance of that to convey that you get that space of a dark enclosed room with no light beyond it and no solution but to end it all, to end your pain, to end others' pain. So any of you who are listening right now or any of you who have loved ones who may be in this space, just recognize that they're in a place that we can't understand, but it is very real for them. It's real for them. They don't see the fullness of truth, but they're very much in it. Let's go there. We're in the midst of Holy Week. We want to experience that grace, and let's continue to go in the story here with our brother Christopher, who is on this bridge and uh, talking about his life and about ready to end it. So continue. Christopher, can I ask one question? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So in retrospect, do you feel like that you sense the presence of these whispers, these lies? Like that somebody, when you look back, do you feel like, yes, there was something demonic about this that was pushing me, mm. that was prodding me? 
Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely believe that to be true. Um, and if you look at the spiritual warfare that it that is going on every day, you know, <clears throat> what 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 does what does Satan want to do? The Satan wants to keep us separated from God. Satan wants us mm-hmm. to believe um, that, you know, we can we can find joy in, in the things that just can't can't find that that can't complete us right mm-hmm. right um, and and so i you know i absolutely believe that um um and until we really understand who we are in christ um and how loved we are by god um you know satan satan has uh he he, he likes to be on that playing field and uh um he 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 really uh can take advantage of of the playing field um but ultimately we all know that uh you know um he's he's not the winner right Mm -hmm. he he uh he doesn't have as much power as he thinks he has so right i hope hope that answered your question good question thank you good question take us forward christopher okay so i'm on this bridge standing over uh this raging river and it's february if i were to be in that water for five minutes or longer hypothermia mm-hmm. would surely set in and that's if i didn't get taken you know abused by the current of the mm-hmm. river for lack of a better word i was really content with my decision uh i thought i figured i had all my ducks in a row my wife would be taken care of. She'd be debt free. She could mm-hmm. sell off the farm, sell off the equipment, uh, move on with her life. I believed in that moment that she would be better off finding someone else that could be the husband that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, boy, doesn't that sound like a lie, right? Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And who feeds those lies? Mm-hmm. Lies to us, right? So, right. so there I am. I uh, I climb up on the guardrail. And in that moment, I felt pressure on my shoulder, my right shoulder, as if someone was putting their hand on my shoulder. Mm. And, I, and I heard an audible voice say, go back home, go back to bed. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not through with you. Come on. Like I stepped down and, and I'm walking back up to the house and I thought, man, that must have been some really good weed I smoked. You know? <laughs> Uh, and it's something to laugh about now, but, but that's truly what was going through my mind. Did I hear what I just heard? You know, I, I was like, but, but there was something compelled, compelling in me at, at feeling that and hearing that, that I was like, oh, okay. I, I, all right. Uh, I got to pause you, Christopher. Sure. I'm sorry. That, that epiphany on a scale, biblical scale, somewhat with the voice of God speaking to Saul, why are you persecuting me? And throughout history, we have these moments where uh, all of us, the Lord is speaking all the time to all of us. Let's just state that in the Holy Spirit. It's a special thing, though, for him to manifest through Uh, our senses directly like that, and you in that closed, dark room, suddenly you're hearing a voice uh, that conveys to you, if nothing else, there is life outside my box. I don't quite get this, but there's something transcendent. There's a horizon that's greater than this plane of existence. Was there more 
to that voice and what it meant and what it represented, the not being alone factor to you in that moment? Was it, I mean, what, what, what consequence other than just not killing yourself in that moment did it have? Did it haunt you in a good way? Um, that's a great question. And you're, you're kind of wanting me to share some of the backstory. Um, and, and so if it fits, yeah, no, no, it does. It does. I think, um, so, so (laughs) God was on to me before I realized God was on to me. Mm. And before I realized I was trying to be on to God. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, my wife had uh, had been, we moved from Columbus to Galena and she had did some church shopping and she found, like she had visited this Methodist church um, one Sunday. And when she got back into the car, she just felt the overwhelming presence of God saying, this is where you need, this is where you need to be right now. Mm. And that was early in, in 04. And, you know, I always like to tell everybody, you know, I, I went to church for all the wrong reasons. Mm. You know, my wife started getting very involved in this church and, and I started going not because I wanted to get involved, but to find out who she was cheating on me with. And it turns mm. out it was Jesus. And how do you <laughs> compete with Jesus? Right. So well put. Um, yeah. So so. One of the things that I didn't realize is she had developed a relationship in a small group and they had been praying for, for me for about a year. Mm. And, um, and so prior to, uh, prior to that episode on the bridge, um, I, I, I still bow hunt, but, but that fall, that particular fall, um, prior to my experience, I had been spending some time in, in the woods on our farm. And one evening, like it was right about that time, uh, just before uh, dusk and and like prime time to bow hunt. And the sun was hitting everything right, just right. And I was sitting in my stand and I'm looking around and all of a sudden I see nothing but crosses. Like every tree, tree branch that I'm looking at, there's a combination of tree branches that Mm. that are making all these crosses Mm. and it it scared me it literally scared me out of my tree stand and i i i walked out of the woods prime time hunting and i walked out of the woods because um of what i saw and witnessed and i thought oh my gosh so over the next couple weeks i i did not cross the creek and hunt in that section of the woods because i was afraid to go over there Mm. and then you know, t- about two weeks later, I was on, on the opposite side of the street, creek in a different tree stand, and I I saw the word help spelled out in a combination of vines and 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 trees, hmm. and it was it was in that moment that I started to awaken to uh, what I would call prevenient grace, the grace of God that comes before us, right, and and so. And so, uh, you know, I, I started attending this small group that my wife was in. And, um, and I think, uh, I think because of these interactions, you know, God, when God wants to pursue us, he's not going to stop at anything. He's going to give these things, give these tidbits along the way that points to him Mm -hmm. and his pursuit of us. 
And, you know, for a knucklehead like me, it takes a hand on the shoulder, an audible voice. Just a moment also, Christopher, that you, you mentioned and consequential for this Holy Week that you saw crosses. And I think often our minds as Christians even may glaze over what that means, that it's again the Savior, of course, God, second person of the Trinity, to breach this great chasm between heaven and earth, takes on flesh and blood, our very nature, uh, inciting war in the heavenlies, the jealousy of much higher beings, Lucifer and such, but God's love is so great that he dies for us, but that's not the end of it. In him, in baptism, we are grafted into Christ and we are called to take up the cross also. And I think this is a theme that can't be, I don't know, overlooked or underplayed, that it isn't about this immediate gratification, feel good, crescendo of a great song, faith, which I put in quotation marks, faith. Really, folks, uh, you know, you're seeing the symbol, the epicenter of all of history uh, that is inviting us to enter into that, not just to watch it, but to enter into it and to see our own struggles, our own challenges, all that you've shared with us up to this point, kind of or what would have happened at the point in your life to recognize and, and see that there's dignity. There's dignity in our suffering united in Christ. I just want to punctuate that, the message. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I think that's what was so frightening to me that, you know, now I look at, at the cross as this, this gift and um, this, this just amazing grace, mm. right? Um, but in that moment, in that tree stand, I saw, I saw those crosses mm. and, and it, it frightened me because, you know, I, I saw it as a self-examination mm. um, in the sense that, uh I wasn't necessarily who, who I thought I should be mm-hmm. or who I could be or who I was, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Christ. Now I'm putting, I'm putting post Christian language to it. Um, but you know, I, that's, as I look back, that's, that's what, that was the fear that, um, you know, I, I saw it, I saw it as it, it wasn't a confrontation. It was an invitation but I, I, I was so ignorant that I didn't realize that. And, mm. you know, I, and I felt, I felt, uh, I felt afraid like mm. here, here, God of all creation is putting these signs out. Like, I mean, that when, when I, when I, <laughs> we read in, in scripture where, where God appears or an angel appears, um, what, what's the initial reaction uh, for those who are, are, are there there's fear mm-hmm. right and that was that fear that that i felt it's a it was a i guess a reverential fear mm-hmm. right so let's uh, let's with a limited time we have left and this is truly an amazing story folks you're tuned into ignite radio live I have my brother bill noltner new friend christopher liberati sharing with us the very moving moving story seemingly much like george bailey of it's a wonderful life the weight of the world on his shoulders and experiencing his own sin and challenges huge debt comes to a point where he thinks the only way out is his uh, life insurance policy ready to throw it all the way Way. Here's a voice from God, a touch on his shoulder, makes a huge impact, though he doesn't quite understand the fullness of it. It's a seed of something consequential. And uh, you were you were saying that something then significant happened the following week. Uh, that Sunday, I went to church, and, and uh, before I, we went into service, I, I pulled aside my 
uh, our small group leader. And uh, I said, I, I just need a moment of your time. So he pulled me into the prayer room of all places. And I shared with him what happened on the bridge. And he just listened. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just listened. And after I was done telling him what happened, he said, can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, sure. And so he, he prayed. And I, I really don't remember a whole lot about the prayer, but what I do remember is how he was praising God for how God was working in my life, which I thought that was pretty odd. Right. Um, and then the following week, uh, he, at, at the small group, he invited me to a, uh, um, a spiritual retreat called the walk to Emmaus. Hmm. And I think the Catholic church has Curcios, mm -hmm. um, right. And so, uh, I said, yeah, sure. Sign me up. I know I, I need something. And so I kind of, I went to this, uh, retreat with a, with an open heart, open mind. And I said, you know, if God, if you're real, um, you know, I really, you know, here's one thing that I, I, I know I'm guilty of, and I want you to work on. And it was judging people. And so, you know, that's a whole nother story, but, uh, God took care of that the first night. And, it was on that retreat that like, I, I really felt like I gave my life to Christ. Hmm. And I remember coming home on the way home, um, Glenn, my sponsor, um, I, I, I was really nervous going home because I had realized that I wasn't the man uh, that God had wanted to be me to be. And I didn't, I wasn't the, the husband that God had wanted me to be, but I had this new, this new life in me. And so I asked, uh, I asked Glenn if we could stop and pray before I felt, uh, I, you know, before we got home. And, and so we did, and he prayed for me. And, and I remember walking through the door so nervous, right? What's my wife going to say? And, um, and she just <laughs> ran up and, and gave me a hug. She, could, she saw a difference in me. And what she saw was the light of Christ in me. Mm. And we were so, you know, excited. Um, we, uh, <clears throat> I spent a couple hours just sharing with her, um, you know, everything that had happened and, and how, you know, I just had this passion for, for God and for, for Jesus. And, and it was just so life-changing. And, and so, uh, right before we went to bed, um, I said, you know, I just, I just am, I, I feel the need to read from scripture. Now you got to understand that I've never really done that before. I mean, sure, I picked up the Bible in the past, and like any other book, you start at page one, right? Mm -hmm. And by the time you get to the second Genesis story or uh, second creation story, you're all confused, and you're like, oh, well, I <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, but I didn't know, I didn't know what to read. I didn't know where to, where to read. And so I, I had sat at the table of Luke, I, and I'm like, okay. Uh, that's going to be my starting point. I'll read something from Luke. So I pulled out a handout and saw a bunch of different uh, scriptures that had been quoted. And I, and I just happened to pick one from, from uh, a Luke reading. And here's what, it, here's what I read. This comes from Luke 19 verses nine through 10 from the Luke new living translation. Uh, now imagine uh, this is the first time I'm reading this. Okay. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, hmm. for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Hmm. Now, brothers, I got to tell you, 
I dropped to my knees and I started to weep. And my wife was like, I, I don't understand. So I read it again and I explained to her, I had been lost and now I've been found and I'm bringing that salvation home tonight. That's beautiful. And um, that night in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we conceived our son. That's amazing. Who was, who was then born on Christmas day. Wow. What's his name? Anthony Christopher Liberati. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Christopher, I know that there's a richness to this story, and I'm grateful for you kind of tracing for us very, very moving moments of your uh, entering into life, death, your death, the death that led to a resurrection, especially in this week. For any who are experiencing wherever you're at in that journey, I think it's ongoing. We always have moments of death and encounter. And what is that? To surrender lesser things for greater. So that was uh, 17 years ago, 2004. Here we are, 2021. Tell us what you're doing now. Uh, so a year later, I went back on a retreat, this time as as one of the uh, team members, and I experienced a, a call to ministry. I, I was I was literally at a communion service, and we were in front of a window, and the morning sun was shining through, and we were sharing by intinction, and it was it was I wanted to be having gone through that, I, I wanted to be in the front row and I wanted, I, I was just so wanting to witness um, this, this sacrament. And so as people were breaking off a piece of bread and dipping it into the cup and pulling it back, it all happened like it was slow motion. Drops of, of, of juice were in the Methodist church we use, um, unfermented uh, wine, mm -hmm. we use grape juice, um, but it, it was, it was, it all happened in slow motion, like the, the drops of the juice were, were falling from the bread down to the floor, and they, and somewhere in between, a ray of sun caught those droplets, and in that moment, those droplets became crimson red. They became the blood of Jesus. Mm. And it, it was so powerful and so moving. And, and I, once again, I heard God's voice. This is what I am calling you to. Mm. And uh, so I, rem I went back to my pastor and, and I said, I, I feel like I've got a call to ministry. Had no idea what that meant. Um, a long story short, I ended up going back and finishing uh, my bachelor's degree and then went on to uh, seminary to get a master's of divinity from Ashland Theological Seminary. And um, I am now uh, serving as a senior pastor of Willoughby United Methodist Church. And um, I'm in my 10th year of pastoral ministry. That is truly amazing. Uh, and I'm so grateful, Christopher, for you picking up the phone, Bill, for you initiating this conversation. Um, so, Christopher, right now you are a pastor there and you have a, a, a child. Um, tell us, are there other children in your family? God blessed us with one. Okay, beautiful. And, and uh, he's he's 15 um, and he's the, he's the joy of our lives, mm. really. Um, now, when you say 
uh, are there other children in our lives? Of course there are, you know, we, we are affiliated with, um, uh, special camps. One of them being Royal family kids camp, which is a, a camp that treats kids royally, royally that have been abused and neglected in the foster care system. Um, and we have, you know, our youth group are, you know, but that, that's the thing. That's the beauty of, um, coming, coming into the fold of Christ is that you realize um, you have children and brothers and sisters um, around the world hmm. in your neighborhood, in your, you know, in your church, God's sheepfold knows no bounds, much like his grace, his grace knows no bounds. <clears throat> absolutely. Absolutely. So Bill, when did you first hear Christopher's Fuller's story, having not connected with him for a number of years since your Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer days, and what impact did it have yeah. on you? So, uh, yeah, Christopher, hearing you uh, relay your story to 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 uh, to us a second time um, just brought back those same powerful emotions um, that I I felt uh, not only hearing it the first time, but then reflecting on it over and over in my mind, um, and. Uh, it's just so inspiring to me because I, in not exactly the same ways that you, um, or the same experiences, it, it, it bits and pieces of it. I think, I think we all have been in those moments of darkness, uh, when those lies of, of, uh, deceit are being whispered in our, in our, into our minds and telling us that we're not worthy. Um, and that self-loathing and, mm-hmm. um, just your heroic response to, to God, um, you're heroic in that it's, it takes tremendous courage, which is a grace that we have to be, that we have to receive to respond to Jesus. Because what we know, what we're afraid of, is what He's going to ask of us. You know, that's the fear. You're going to ask me to do something I may not want to do. I may have to let go of something I'm afraid to let go of. And you did it heroically. That's saintly to me. That's what definition of sainthood is. Is 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 really uh, divesting of all those things hmm. that um, are holding us back from that true relationship with Jesus and you, and you, you jump both feet in with just, just the abandonment to, 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 um, divine providence. And it's just truly, um, inspiring. I don't know what other thing to say. That's why I thought it was so worthy of a story, mm-hmm. um, for others, uh, in the uh, greater, um, humanity to hear, because we all need to hear those stories and mm-hmm. we all need to, um, be inspired to, to, to respond, to respond to Jesus' call to us. And you just show uh, by your life and by your response that it is not only possible, but the fruits of it are beyond what we could ever imagine, you know. And I'm just so blessed to have been reconnected to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I think God did that for a reason. And I think even the timing uh, for me personally was could not have been better. So um, so I thank you personally, uh, Christopher, for, for, for being, uh, for availing yourself, uh, to, to me and to, and to all of us. Absolutely. So blessed to be united with all of you tonight and on this journey of just God alive in our stories. And he wants us to look in uh, our own lives and recognize his presence in the journey of him being in that journey. And Christopher, I just, I, I'm grateful for you opening up that door for us to consider that and sharing that in your own life. But you got to punctuate for us the meaning of your name, your identity that, that is uh, unsurpassed. Tell us. Uh, well, I, I was in a seminary class, actually, and um, the 
the professor was midway through his lecture and he stopped. And we had these like placards in front of us uh, with our names on it. So he, so he could call on us by name. And he, and he looked at me, he goes, do you know what your name, what you, what your name means? And I said, oh yeah, I was named after, after a saint. And, um, and I kind of sloughed it off a little bit and he goes, no, no, no. Uh, your name, Christopher, means bearer of Christ, mm. coupled with your last name, Liberati, to liberate, bearer of Christ who came to liberate. Mm. And, you know, I, like I said at the beginning, I, that's my, my daily prayer is, Lord, give me the wisdom and the grace and the strength to live up to that name. And on that note, so blessed to make another friend uh, pursuing the kingdom with his heart, the same God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, moving us all to know his great love and to live in that love, um, the ultimate measure of our existence, the measure of every desire and every thought. And so let's just make that a prayer right now, brothers and sisters, all who are listening to us this week, that uh, the ultimate story is unveiling of God in our lives and saying yes to his one act on a cross, his resurrection, and inviting us to enter into that, that we might live with him forever and ever, not just in some distant day, but already begin participating in that eternity right now as he's uh, (coughs) ordered us to that life. So we lift you all up in prayer out there, wherever you are at in the journey out there. And uh, we just pray for a continued reception to that outpouring of grace. God bless you. what extraordinary times we're living in right now looking over the past months and year do we not all recognize that something extraordinary has been going on something that has been challenging and testing us to our very core so this radio program has been running now it's amazing for over five years on a weekly basis You may not know that Ignite Radio Live corresponds to our mission at MassImpact.us. We are supported by no more than 50 people, which is quite incredible. Because over the past seven years, literally hundreds of thousands have been impacted by our radio, our audio, visual, and social media. Thousands have participated in our events, including Ignites, Presents for Christmas, Ablaze, Mission One, Marriage Retreats, The Family Road Trip... Even prior to the George Floyd, we were praying and saying, Lord, what are you asking us to do in these circumstances? And we initiated this thing called OneHeartOneCity.us. What's that? Well, an invitation to break out in public places and simply be the presence of God. To date, we've had over 12 different events. 
with tremendous impact that we've shared over these radio waves. You can experience some of that at oneheartonecity.us, the lives that have been impacted. So we've been very blessed to have this story shared through national media, through EWTN, National Catholic Register. Here's the thing. None of what I just shared with you is compensable. It's not a typical business where there's a product. We don't charge money. We trust in God's sustaining grace through the generosity of people like you. So here we go. Right now, I invite you to please partner with us in this mission. Please consider being a monthly partner or making a one-time gift. Go to massimpact.us and click on the donate button. Again, go to massimpact.us. Dot us and click on donate above all please pray for us in this mission and be assured of our daily fervent prayers for you thank you so much god bless